Georgia. This is Adam Hogue and WGN Sports Central getting ready for the Super Bowl on WGNRadio.com. Welcome in from Atlanta, the last day here on Radio Row. It's been a fun week, and we're we're not stopping. We got another big show for you here today. Uh, Charles Tillman, Akeem Hicks, Jerry Rice. A huge list of guests for you from Radio Row, and uh, and there's there's even more on the podcast uh, too. So um, thanks to everyone who's been listening all week, first and foremost. And if you've missed anything this entire week, and there's been some great interviews, talked to Robbie Gold yesterday, Brian Erlacher. Um, can I switch with you real quick? That's all right. I just want yeah, Leslie Visser. I'm Adam Hogue. Hi, Adam. Uh, Leslie, this is what goes on in Radio Row. Leslie, WGN Radio in Chicago. Yeah. <laughs> Leslie Visser borrowing a pen live on Radio Row here. This is the kind of stuff that happens here. Joe, is it? I mean, this is. Am I painting the, the, a good enough picture for how the craziness that's going on here? Yeah, I think so. I think, especially with some of the stuff that's happened throughout the week, like um, you already mentioned the Robbie Gold interview. I thought it was so cool that, or, or uh, when you were talking to Erlacher. Or was it the other way around? That's what yeah, it feels I was talking like. To Robbie you're talking to one guy, and then by. another guy walks by, and he's shaking hands, and everybody knows each other, and you're like, hey, I'm Adam Hogue, WGN Radio. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, did, did, did Leslie Visser just swear, too? I think she might have just sworn, too. I don't know if it got picked up by the mic, but <laughs> this is, it's, just, it's just nuts here. Anyway, uh, it got another, uh, Joe, I got another moment like that coming up here on the show today uh, with Greg Jennings and Ricardo Lockett, who, you know, two former wide receivers, not the biggest names of all time, but uh, Greg Jennings is now an analyst for Fox. He called the, um, the, the, the Bears-Dolphins game this, this year, and that's, I re- remember some Bears fans weren't completely pleased uh, with the analysis in that game, which actually comes up in the interview. Uh, but yeah, I'm bringing this up because of what you just said with Robbie Gold and, and Brian Erlacher. It was a similar moment where these guys just sat down together, and it, it was just a really cool conversation, the camaraderie between the two. And then uh, there was something at the end that surprised me, uh, I mean, really surprised me. So little tease for you there because that's coming up uh, here later on in the show. But here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to start with Charles Tillman. Charles Tillman, uh, who I, I always love talking to, um, he, 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 you know, he, he does, he, great bear player, and he, and he does some great work in the community as well. Of course, down here uh, as a former Walter Payton Man of the Year, they got that whole thing going on all weekend. Uh, he's going to be talking to all the finalists, so he always he's always here at the Super Bowl, and he had a, a few minutes to sit down with me earlier this morning. So here he is, the Great Bears cornerback, Charles Tillman. As we start day five here on Radio Row on Sports Central, WGN Radio, familiar face sitting down with us, Charles Tillman. What's going on? Day five. I know. I've been here for a while. You're lucky, though. Can you tell I'm a little tired? Just a little bit? I can tell you're warm. I can tell you're warm. I got in my car yesterday. Man, I I, I took my dogs outside. My dogs didn't even want to go poo. Was, they didn't want to pee. They didn't want to poo. They didn't want to do nothing. I literally tweeted. was like, I, nah, I y'all can just piss in the house. I saw that tweet. Like, it, it was, man, it was cold. I have a dog back home, too, and I've been wondering. I guess I haven't really asked my wife what. Oh, you need to ask your wife. If, if you Be a good husband. Check up on your wife. Well, and, I checked and, up on her and my son, but, yeah, you're right. I should have asked about the dog, I guess. Yeah. Do you were, have a yard to, like, let them go outside, yeah. and, like, on the patio? And, yeah. Or you got to walk them. Oh no, I don't walk my dog in the winter. Okay. No, you're she understands that it's hibernation season. Now what kind of dog is it? 
It's like a Beagle Shepherd mix. Okay. So, I thought you was going to say a little foo-foo dog. Oh, no, no. No foo-foo dogs? No. First of all, I'm not much of a dog guy, but when we got a dog. Are you a cat guy? Kind of, yeah. I grew up with cats. No, we can't cats. No. I know. I, we got one cat and one dog. Okay. Yeah. Just as long as you ain't got like 17 cats. Oh, no, no. I'm not like a weird cat guy. I'm just a cat yeah. guy. I looked at uh, Bohemian Rhapsody last night. Was that good? Um, oh, it's great. I might watch it. And, I'm a, and I'm a fan of Queen. I'm a fan oh. of Queen. I'm more of a fan now. Um, just what I didn't understand, or excuse me, what I didn't know about Queen was, I, I think, at least for me, I thought Freddie Mercury did everything and he just had band members. But watching the movie, I learned that everybody had equal say into the song. They all wrote songs. They all had equal say in what went with the band. And that was that was pretty cool to see. And it wasn't just Freddie writing all the songs and them just playing it. It was literally a team, a band effort. One band, one sound. Like, they all made hits. They all wrote songs. They all had number one hits, each band member. It was pretty cool. I might watch that on the way home. Yeah, it's, everyone's it's, been saying it's good. It's a yeah, great movie. And I don't know the the actor uh, who played Freddie Mercury, but um, he did a hell of a job. I watched the the Fire Festival documentary that everyone's been talking about. Did you oh, hear about that? Wow! On the plane here. So there was a scene about water. Do you remember the scene where the the guy Brian asked the guys? You're not going to tell me you were there. No, 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 no. I wasn't there, but I'm talking about in the documentary itself, there yeah. was a, 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 a portion, and the the guy, Brian, the, the head guy, whatever, yeah, yeah. actually. Brian uh, McFarlane, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Brian, Billy, Billy McFarlane. Yeah. Yeah. I know who you're talking about. He had asked him for, to talk to the guy, the head of customs, like that whole scene, that question, I won't get into it. If you've seen the, the movie or the documentary, you know what I'm talking about. And he was like, I, we just need you to take one for the team. And I, I, that oh, whole, yeah. yeah. And I, I don't need to, We don't need to talk about it anymore other than don't, don't, you can't ask another man that. Adam, you, you can't ask your friend. You can't ask a coworker. Hey, take one for the team. I need you to get some sound engineer equipment for me. You got to take one for the team. Like, you can't do that. It's completely unacceptable, unethical, unprofessional, unprofessional, uh, there's so many other words I can use, but it's it's not it's not good. Yeah, we'll just leave it at that. And if you've seen the documentary, then you know what we're talking about. And if yeah. you haven't, when you watch it, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. Correct, correct. So. But it was still uh, it was it was done well, and I'm, I'm I'm glad the the authorities got involved and they they did the right thing by putting nobody in 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 prison where he belongs. So right before you sat down here, I saw Julius Peppers retired. Yeah. I didn't. I thought that dude could have. I, I wanted. I wish he was here. Right? No, he should be. I'm. I think I'll see Julius tomorrow um, at Honors. Um, I'm doing some stuff with uh, with Nationwide, and um, I'm I'm hosting a, a a red carpet show. So I'll get to see. Um, I'll get to see Julius Peppers, Kyle Rudolph, uh, Von Miller. They these are all some of the nominees for uh, Nationwide uh, NFL's Man of the Year. We had um, Robbie here yesterday. Oh yeah. How, how did that conversation go? Oh, he, you know, he wants to come home. He's not really being, you know, Robbie. He's he doesn't mind talking, and he's made hey, it very Pace, clear. If you're listening, <laughs> you, you open the door now. If, I, I'm just saying we're all allowed to have a bad season, and I've I've never seen another player kick uprights as much as one guy, and I've never seen Robbie really ever kicking upright. 
Yeah, I don't remember. I mean, he must have some point. I'm sure he's done it once or twice, but not in the same game. Well, no one has ever hit an upright four times in the same game. To me, I think that's kind of phenomenal. I think that's amazing in itself to to be able to do that. And I, I, I know when I was at the game, certain people were like, I think they were taking over-under bets if he could hit the, the goalposts again, which is sad, but we just tried to have some fun. Well, how about a rule change proposal? If you hit the upright, you get four points. I'm with that. And then kickers might start to try to hit the upright, and they might end up missing more field goals as a result, but it makes the whole thing I'm with w- that. more interesting. I'm with that. Cause I think it's harder to kick a damn upright than it actually – I don't know. It. I'm not a kicker, and I'm not going to say I would have made that kick like that one guy did, and they embarrassed him when he tried to kick and he fell. I think they were at a bar or something like that, so I'm not even going to attempt to say that. Yeah. Um, I didn't go to that, but a lot of people did. Yeah. I, I, I think it's – I don't know. It, yeah, I'm, we'll, we'll change the subject. But all I can say is Robbie Gold is a good kicker, and he's been doing it a really long time. And I will say, too, I did feel bad for Parky. Um, people have to understand. There was a the uh, I went to the game. I was disappointed. Um, but there was there was a guy who walked out of Soldier Field, and he was mother effing and cursing, and you can be mad. Be mad at Parky. Be mad at him for hitting the upright. I'm okay with that, but don't talk about the man's family. Don't try to threaten him. Don't don't threaten do the whole, his dog. Yeah, like don't Come don't on. do the what's the guy with the Cubs? Bartman. Like oh, yeah, he's yeah. not like he's not on that level. No one should have to do or, or or go through that. Human error. The guy made a mistake, and I trust me. I feel bad. I've been in games where I've made a mistake where I was the guy, and you've lost the game, and it's like crap. So I. I Believe me, Parky, if you listen or if this gets back to you, hey, man, I know it feels like crap. I know that feeling. It's a long off season, But I tell you what, competition brings out the best in anybody. So I know they signed a new kicker. They made the best man win. But I guarantee you, this is you're going to see some great competition. I think sometimes you get lax, like, well, I'm the only guy. I can just chill and coast along. No, not, not now. You got some competition. And... I'm for whoever wins, may the best man win, but competition, it brings out the best in you as a player. Well, you know. And you always need it. You always need it. You know how Chicago is. I mean, it's a great sports town. They love you when everything's going great, but they'll. They can be brutal, too. And they, they, you they were there for the brutal. whole Chris Conti thing. Yeah, and and they, right when that happened, I'm like, that's what Cody's going to get the Chris Conti treatment, which was always unfair to Chris when all that happened. Yeah. Again, you, you be, be mad at a player for his. Um, force play i'm okay with that you can boom i'm okay with that it's just the the insults you know your mother is a you know your dad or your wife how can you be so effing this you effing this hey man you're not gonna say this to me in the street to my face right they're doing there's videos on instagram there's a there's a barrier between us you know you're an internet tough guy i don't respect internet tough guys if you got a problem with me just walk up to me come say it to my face like a man we can agree to disagree we don't have to fight we don't have to do none of that but just come talk to me yeah you know what man that was my bad i really did want to make that kick i wanted to send us to the divisional i didn't you know i didn't want to be out in the first round totally my bad totally i made a mistake i could see how that offended or pissed you off or made you mad totally i get it i understand hey let's move on let me buy you a beer 
So what's on deck this weekend with the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award and, and Nationwide? Yeah, so tomorrow I'm hosting a Nationwide Red Carpet um, event, and I'll get to talk to uh, Kyle Rudolph, Drew's Peppers, Von Miller. Hopefully, uh, my goal tomorrow is to try to talk to all 32 finalists as they walk through uh, the Red Carpet for Honors and really get them to talk and speak about the, their foundation. Um, Nationwide is doing something really good they've done the last couple of years. They're giving these players um, a platform to talk about their charitable work off the field and uh, and what they do. You know, each each contestant or finalist <coughs> or nominee, excuse me, they'll get $50,000, and the actual winner, Nationwide's giving them $250,000. So um, Nationwide has really stepped up and in, in, in doing some big things with um, Man of the Year Award, and they're really trying to take this uh, uh, this award to the next level, which they've done. And I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be working with them, and um, I'm excited to be a part of what they're, what they're doing. I remember how excited Jared Payton was when Nationwide came on board. Yeah, I mean, it took the whole thing to a different level. You know what, though, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I know I'm not Peyton Manning, but I can, I can probably, I, I know I can do some commercials. You know, you should you do them together. A, you need a new pitch guy. I've been working up. I've been coming up with my own, my own little, my own little sayings. I think I could do it better than Peyton Manning. You know, like I'm just I'm, That's I'm saying coming. a lot. He's pretty good. He is damn good. But I gotta say that I gotta I gotta talk in I gotta talk in in in, in um uh head form or not head forms. I got I gotta I gotta say something creative. So if I say I'm better than Peyton Manning, they're gonna be like, really? It's it's gonna draw attention. You know. So yeah. I don't think I am. But I just you know he's a really good actor too. I I don't think he gets enough credit for for his acting ability. I'm. I'm they need to put him on Monday Night Football or something. He's hilarious, though. Yeah. Like, he's his acting and just natural goofiness, I think, he's hilarious. I, I, it's funny. Like, the dude is funny. I love him. I think you could do it, too. I think, I think I could. I think I can do it, too. Bam, that's it. All right, I know you're on a tight schedule. Real quick, because I want to ask you, uh, the year you guys went to the Super Bowl, what advice can you give this Bears team? Because they're going to come in with high expectations. Is, are yeah. there any similarities with, that you see right now with them obviously ascending and they, yeah? They so I mean, if you if you look at us in 2005, we went to the and I had a terrible 2005 playoff game. So again, Parky, I know how you feel. I didn't play good, um, but yeah, they can they can go. So let me let me rephrase that. 2005, we made it to the playoffs. We lost, and then we come back and we go to the Super Bowl the next year. Don't just automatically assume you're going to go back to the playoffs. Everyone knows who you are. You have a somewhat of a target on your back because you're good. You had success this year. It doesn't automatically mean you will have success next year. You have to come with it and bring it every single day. Everything you did, you have to match that. Now you're going to have a new locker room, new players, new teammates, new defense or new head coach or defensive coordinator, some new coaches already thrown in there. He's going to have his own nuances and, and, and themes of what he likes to do on defense, different than um, um, Vic. Yep. So you got to adjust, but you got to bring that same energy, and you got to buy what your new D.C. is bringing in. And if you don't, if you have doubts, it's just going to be an average team. So I, I, you got to buy in. You got to buy in right now from the, from the stump, from, from the start, from the jump. Yeah. Well, I've had Prince Mukamara and Akeem Hicks here this week. They seem excited about Chuck Pagano. So, yeah. They got a ton of talent, too. They do, so but it's, right. it's just a matter of having that talent being led. Yeah. 
and I, I think Chuck can do it, but are they are they buying in? That's the question. Are they buying in? And that remains to be seen. I mean, we haven't really, other than really this week, uh, I haven't been around the players since all this went down. Uh, and a lot of that will be determined, I think, in the spring when they get back together at Hallis Hall and start off-season workouts, which is still a few months away. But it, I, I think the Bears handled the, a tough defensive coordinator situation very well, landing Chuck Pagano. Uh, but that'll be a storyline for sure all season long. Always good talking to Charles Tillman. He, the best part about Charles is that he just wants to talk about anything. And he, I don't know if he was planning on talking about random movies and things like that, but uh, that's the best stuff. Best part about talking to Charles Tillman. So he actually good. he came up on uh, the morning show uh, today when we talked to Jared Payton because that, like you said, he's a he's a former Man of the Year, uh, Jared uh, yeah. Walter Payton Man of the Year. So you know, like you said, his personality just kind of jumps out at you, and um, we're we're lucky as a city to have him, you know, represent us. And uh, that that was that was really a good conversation that you had with him. I like the idea of getting him involved with Peyton Manning in these nationwide commercials. I mean, he did a pretty got pretty good job of pitching himself there. Oh, for sure. Yeah, he. Could definitely pull that off no doubt about it all right well we're going to take a quick time out here on sports central uh we'll come back from atlanta with akeem hicks who i ran into yesterday a lot of i've been a lot of bears players running around i've been trying to get you uh, as many as possible and the pro bowler akeem hicks is coming up next on sports central adam hogue is live from atlanta on the front porch of super bowl 53 this is wgn radio sports central on wgnradio.com Back here from Atlanta, Radio Row, our last day here, and uh, and keeping it rolling with a lot of Bears flavor this week. We've been running into a lot of guys, and uh, this is a true story. I went, I had to go to the bathroom yesterday. I go into the bathroom, and and who do I run into? Akeem Hicks. Akeem Hicks is in there. Said, "What's up? Do you have a couple minutes to come over and hang out?" And and he did. So uh, had a little bit of fun with Akeem Hicks, and we're bringing that to you right now here on Sports Central as as we continue from Radio Row in Atlanta. Well, it, it's funny how you just keep running into people here uh, at Radio Row. And, I, you know, I just had to run to the bathroom, and I ran into Akeem Hicks. Yeah, man, we ran into each other at the Sauls. It's a, it's a great way to meet people, apparently. I, yeah, I was going to say, I don't, I don't make a habit out of that. <laughs> right, but, me either. But I'm like, I heard the voice, and I'm like, wait a minute, I think that's Akeem Hicks. <laughs> so, look, hey, we've talked over the last couple of years about um, the honor of getting to the Pro Bowl and how much that meant to you. I didn't get a chance to be there with you in Orlando last week, but it looked everything. I watched the skills competition on TV, which, by the way, I don't think I've ever watched in my life. But you guys were on it. I'm like, they're playing dodgeball. I got to watch that. Now you got to see it. Now you see, I'm completely different. I grew up watching the skills competition. Okay. I used to love it. Like, it was everything to me. And um, so to, to participate in it was a big deal for me. Um, do I wish they still had big guy events like the bench press? I'm sure they could squeeze that back in there so I could pump out a couple reps and look really strong. That's what got me as a kid, watching yeah. guys get under that bench and, like, saying to myself, wow, I got to be that strong one day it's a great thing for kids to see well you guys won the dodgeball game we did no thanks to me though (laughs) (laughs) that video was hilarious it wasn't my best performance i gotta tell you this i am truly thinking about setting up some type of celebrity charity dodgeball tournaments in chicago okay just to prove myself (laughs) i need to be better and i don't can't let america see me play dodgeball that way well you got a little cocky 
I'm a cocky guy. I'm, well, you're standing I'm, there like, I'm hit more, me, hit me, and then someone nailed you in the shoulder. I'm more confident than cocky. Let me revise okay. that statement. I am very confident in any skill set you could imagine. If you put me anywhere, I feel like I will at least be above average in anything that I do. Unfortunately, that day, I didn't really meet my own expectations. But I'll say this. I'll play against Andrew Luck any day. <laughs> well, it's a challenge. Hey, so uh, tell me if I'm wrong here, but just, uh, again, I wasn't there. I was just watching on TV, and I heard some of the interviews. Mitch sounded, like, giddy when he was talking to the media. It, it was was last week a little bit of a healing process for you guys to help you get over the playoff loss? Uh, truthfully, my, my, my healing came in the, uh, the week and a half that I spent just sitting in my basement um, <laughs> watching old clips of the season and, uh, you know, uh, talking to my girlfriend about, you know, different parts of football and explaining to her how things happen and stuff like that. When you just get a moment to just sit back and look at the accomplishments that we had this season. We played a great season of football. It was unfortunate, and I think that we were too good of a team to lose in the way that we did, but um, that's just the nature of the business. That's the nature of football. It's not always going to happen how you want it to. You just got to appreciate the journey, and I definitely appreciated how close, how strong this team was and, and how much it meant to each guy and what we fought for together, and we fought to be in that position. didn't go our way, but um, as is football. Vic Fangio got the job in Denver. Uh, I, I know it's not somebody you guys wanted to lose, but uh, where were you when you found out the news? And I know you guys are also very happy for him too, though, to get that opportunity. Very happy for him. You know, uh, it's kind of one of the things, one of those things that you have a feeling about, and um, it kind of felt like he was going to be departing, and. It hurts, and, and, and I would have loved nothing more to selfishly hoard him and, and, and keep him to myself. But um, unfortunately, it, it was time for him to move on and take the next opportunity that was afforded to him. I am truly happy, though, for his success because he brought success into our lives as players. So uh, it's, it's, it's very special to see him move on to the next chapter of his life and live out his dream as we are. And you get to beat him next year in Denver. We're going to beat him next year in Denver. I already sent a very threatening text message. <laughs> it was like love and like, man, I'm going to miss you, but I can't wait to play you. That kind of thing. So uh, it's going to be exciting. It's going to be fun. And uh, maybe we'll switch shirts or something. We can't really switch jerseys, right. but I'd love a big Fangio signed shirt. That'd be pretty. I think you should be able to get one of those. Why not? Why easily. not? I mean, I, I worked for him for three years. Right. So I, at least I can do is get a shirt. How, how much? Uh, how much credit do you give Vic for your success? I mean, your your career has really blossomed since you came to Chicago. You, you're you're the definition of somebody who has gotten better every single year of your career. And I know a lot of it's fit. You ended up in a, in the right spot mm -hmm. with the Bears, but it it's it's like you grew as this defense has grown the last. You've been here three or four years. Three now. years. Three yeah, years. Yeah. Um, I, I definitely feel like I've grown, and I attribute a lot of my success to Vic Fangio and putting me in the right spots. You see, the hard thing about being a coach in this league is that you have to. This is my own opinion, by the way. You have to put your players in the right positions to be successful. You have to play to your personnel. A lot of people have schemes, and they say, man, if I just throw a guy in here at that spot, he'll be successful. But you really have to know your personnel, and I think that's one of the things that Vic Fangio excels at. He knew that he couldn't put me in a wide nine and say, go rush the quarterback. He knew that I needed to be in the interior, fighting off blocks, helping clean up for Danny and Roquan and Jarrell before Roquan, and um, you know, just making sure that you know guys felt comfortable and played in their position of strength so yeah so how, how does chuck pagano fit then in, in this it, it seems like he we got a chance to talk to him last week at, at house hall for the first time it seems like he really wants to keep 
things similar. He worked with Vic back in the day in Baltimore, so I, I know there's like some crossover with the language, and he said he wants to really learn what you guys were doing rather than have you guys learn a whole new scheme. Either way it goes, this is my this is my outlook on the situation. Either way it goes, we're going to play good football. We have the right personnel. We got the right culture. We got the guys in the building that have we actually have a year of success under their yeah. belt now. And so it's going to be exciting to see how all this plays out. Um, do I know how I'm going to be using the scheme? I haven't the slightest clue. Do I know how Danny Trevathan is going to be using the scheme? I couldn't say. But um, he, he has some he has some good players to work with, so I'm excited to see what he does. Well, you guys certainly set the foundation this year. How much did it early in the year did you guys have to learn how to win to, to really get the train moving? I don't know if you guys thought you'd win 12 games at the beginning of the year. I had you pegged for 10, and then people thought I was crazy. You ended up winning 12. I had myself pegged for 16. Um, you know, you never step on the field as a football player and think that you're going to lose. Right. I don't care who's I don't care who's doing what or who's who's playing running back, quarterback, defensive end, or safety. When you step on the field as a player, you have the ambition to win. Um, was I excited about the success that we had? Most definitely. Um, did I know we were going to be in the first round of the playoffs and, and, and looking towards, you know, finishing this thing out? I had no idea, but I knew we had a really good team from OTAs. I knew that we had a really good team from the year previous. Um, I just thought that we were going to have a very successful season, and you probably got it documented somewhere. I definitely had very high hopes. Um, what I'll say is this. Whew, you're making me think about the loss. Uh, I know. I'm it's sorry. Tough. It's the way it goes. You don't want to lose, but... You know, uh, there's only one team that's going to stand at the end of this whole thing and say uh, we're the champion. So uh, everybody else has to reboot and, and get ready for next season. Well, Matt's talked about how he, you know, kind of wants you guys to feel the pain a little bit. And, and, and I'm sure, look at the Rams here in Atlanta. They lost at home in the wild card round last year. They lost to us <laughs> this year. Yeah. But, um, you know, it's, it's impossible not to feel the pain. If you invest yourself into something, I don't care what you do. If you invest yourself in something for 12 hours a day, for eight months out of the year, really, if you're really dedicated, you're going to be training like that in the off season. So for the whole 12 months, maybe a few weeks off, it's going to hurt. It's going to be painful. Um, so there's no shame in that. But um, you just got to be able to pick yourself up, and that's what we're going to do this year. All right, well, let's stop talking about the pain. What was, like, the top moment of the season for you? Top moment of the season, finishing Aaron Rodgers. I bet. In Chicago, um, <laughs> it made it it made it everything that it was supposed to be. He built the uh, the excitement up leading up to the game, and Chicagoans have a way of never forgetting anything, right? So people were in my mentions on Twitter saying, "Hey, remember what Aaron said? Remember what Aaron said?" And I was like, "Yeah, I do. I didn't forget either." And so uh, for him to come there and, and and play that game, nothing taken away from the guy. He is a great player in this league, one of the greatest quarterbacks, in my opinion, that we've seen in this league in a very long time, and. Um, it was great. It was very fun to beat him. It was a symbolic victory. A changing of the guard in the division is what it felt like to us. At least that's what we do in the media, right? We paint the picture, the, yeah. the stories. I mean, yeah. That's what it seemed like, and you, and you guys got the job done. Well, it, you know, it was it was a lot of fun. I mean, covering the whole season and, and being around you guys. Happy for your individual success, too. I got another symbolic moment for you. Okay. Um, finishing the year, uh, playing the Vikings. Now, in the previous two years, we have went to Minnesota at the end of the year with no hopes of playoffs, no hopes of anything, just looking forward to, I guess fans were looking forward to the next draft, yeah. right? But to step into that field, that stadium, and say to yourselves, we just got to stomp them out and finish off our season so we can go ahead and go into the playoffs. Amazing feeling. That was an impressive win, I thought, because technically 
the coaching staff could have pulled you guys all out of the game at, at halftime, and I, and I was wondering if they were going to do it. I mean, the Rams were beating the 49ers, and, you know, I've talked to a couple people here this week that think you should have lost that game on purpose just to play the Vikings instead of the Eagles. I know you can't think that way, but there are people who think that way. Everything's clear in hindsight, right? I, I mean, do you want to play the same opponent three times, or do you want to just beat the guy that got in, just barely scraped into the playoffs? Right. You know, it's, it's your pick, right? Um, we chose to, to, to beat the new person coming to the playoffs and finish off the Vikings. And I also think, for me at least, if I were the head coach of the Chicago Bears, looking at Minnesota and saying, I'm going to play these this team another two times next year, I want them to remember us. Yeah, you, know? so, you uh, have a chance to knock them out. Yes, yes, very enjoyable. So I, I think Nagy did a great job of, of, of getting us ready for the playoffs and um, finishing off the Vikings. So I had no trouble with that move whatsoever. All right, I know you got to go. What's next for the Chicago Bears? Win, win, win some more. That's it. Well, I think you guys obviously are headed on the right track, and uh, it'll be another fun off season. It, it, you know, it's unfortunate the way it ended, but uh, you know, you guys aren't going anywhere. That's for sure. No time we, soon, bud. We know that. All right, Keem, good to see you here. Pleasure. Thank you. Uh, Keem Hicks on Radio Row. Good to have him stopping by. And we'll keep it moving here. Jerry Rice is up next, the greatest wide receiver of all time. We'll have him coming up next on Sports Central. Georgia. Georgia. This is WGN Sports Central. Adam Hogue is live from Radio Road, part of it all, getting ready for Super Bowl 53 in Atlanta on WGNRadio.com. And we keep it rolling here from Radio Row in Atlanta. And, look, I've had fun talking to all these guests, but uh, sometimes uh, there's a guest that kind of goes in a, the upper echelon in, in, in terms of, uh, you know, opportunities to talk to guys. And I think Jerry Rice qualifies as one of those types of players, a Hall of Famer, the, in my opinion, the greatest wide receiver to ever play the game. And he stopped by our table here on Radio Row earlier this morning. And here he is, Jerry Rice. Well, as we continue on from Radio Row on Sports Central, WGN Radio, it's an honor to bring in Jerry Rice, the best to ever do it at the wide receiver position. And uh, it's great to see you. How's the, how's the whole experience here going for you? Hey, everything is going great. You know, just being back in this arena again and uh, another Super Bowl. Gosh, it's amazing. Uh, Super Bowl uh, 53 now. Yeah, they keep adding Man, up. time is flying like crazy. What happened? I don't know, but they got all the banners up here next to us, which actually has been pretty cool to look at all. all wow, I never, I never noticed that. So, that is so cool. Somewhere, I think if you're counting that way, of course we're on the radio, so yeah, no Super can Bowl see this, 20, uh, but yeah. you can find your banners. 23, yeah. uh, then 24, then 29. Man. Wow. Yeah. Then I also had one uh, with the Oakland Raiders that we lost to yes. uh, Tampa Bay. That's right. And I, Mark Tressman was your offensive coordinator, correct? Mm-hmm. I think, yes, at that time. And yeah. he ended up, the reason right. I brought that up is because he was the Bears head coach right. a few years ago. The Chicago Bears. Well, I wanted to ask you if you had any memories against playing against the 85 Bears because that was your rookie season. But, but we, we, you sat down, we were trying to figure out if you played in the game. Yeah, you know, I think I was a rookie. I, I, I didn't really uh, get that much time at that uh I think it, you said October 13th, which is my birthday, yeah. uh, 1985. Now, I think I was still trying to transition, uh, learn the offense, and then I, I think I became a starter like around that third uh, football game. But we had one uh, incident where we had to come through Chicago 
to go on to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh, for Super Bowl 23. The championship was in uh, Chicago. I'll never forget that. And, wh- and what do you re- remember? What I remember, yeah. it was so cold. <laughs> <laughs> it was so cold, man, that, you know, it's like doing uh, pregame warm-ups. I remember this, the Chicago Bears. Guy had on, they had their short sleeves on. They were just blowing smoke. So I was like, you know what? I'm so fired up. This is the the championship game. I don't need any sleeves or anything like that. So I became all macho and stuff like that. The second after warm-ups, I went back inside. I put on long sleeves, everything that I could put on. But, yeah, we had to go go through uh, Chicago to uh, get to Miami where we played the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, it, it's, it's funny you bring that up because this year the Rams, they're here in the Super Bowl, but they came to Chicago in early December. Right. And... It, it felt similar, like the Bears, the, the place was jacked up, the fans were all, they were loving that it was cold, the players were all excited it was cold, and then Jared Goff came out there in warm-ups, and you could just tell, you know, he's a California kid, and he's out there in LA, and it's like, this is not fun, and the Bears end up winning the game. Yeah, you know, the thing is, um, you you got to be able to adapt, and you have to be able to be tough. Um the thing that got me through that that uh, uh, championship game is that I knew that uh, Miami was going to be so hot, and you got to be able to you know go into an environment and, and try to win. You guys with the big ad- addition of uh, Khalil Mack, all of a sudden that it was a totally uh, different defense when you guys uh, brought him in. And I'm watching this defense. I'm saying, "Oh my God, this guy is just unbelievable!" And 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 you could tell that the team started to believe. And uh, you guys had an outstanding uh, season last year. Yeah, it, it, he is such a difference maker. I mean, they already had a good defense, but yeah. they went from good to great. Yes, to yes, dominant. Yes, you can see that with one player. And one player, you know, one player can do that. But this guy, you know, he's a special player. And he's one of those guys that, you know, because, you know, you always talk about quarterbacks, you talk about receivers, you know, uh, being uh, the key component. But, you know, you got to give, uh, you know, Khalil Mack just due. Uh, and, uh, you know, he's going to do great things uh, in the future for the Chicago Bears. You know, I wanted to ask you, Jerry, about the the mentality of the wide receiver position because, I've been covering the NFL now for eight years, and you, you know, I've covered a guy like Brandon Marshall, and then I've right, covered, right. and then I've covered, uh, you know, others that are just, are, you know, and Allen Robinson, who's on the Bears right now, he's he's quieter and just sort of goes about his business as, right. as a professional every single day. Uh, what is it about the edge that wide receivers need to have because they always want the ball? And I know sometimes they get frustrated because you, you're running around the whole game. You're constantly running routes. You don't always get the ball. Well, I was having this uh, uh, conversation with uh, Antonio Brown. And uh, we always feel like we're open. <laughs> right, right. But, you know, there's a, you have to be within the game plan. you got to know that eventually you're going to get your opportunity. You can't become a distraction to the team. Uh, you know, for me, I tried to be patient. I didn't want to force my quarterback to all of a sudden try to force the ball to me where there's an interception. But you want that playmaker. You want that guy that can, you know, say, hey, look, throw me the football. I'll win that football game for you. So it's a, it's a type of confidence 
but you know you just don't want it to be uh, a distraction uh, to the ball team. Yeah, what do you think about these these rumors about Antonio Brown? going to your old team the 49ers i you know antonio got in touch with me and he said hey look man uh you know i, I want to pick your brain you know i i, I want to come to san francisco i want to do the hill with you i want to work out with you and i already knew about his uh, work ethic and what he brought to the table but you know i have always been in communication with him and uh, then on social media there was some posts where he was wearing uh, a 49er uniform he was talking to me, and I think the fans from uh, Pittsburgh, they got a little bit upset with me because they, they thought I was trying to steal Antonio Brown, but Antonio Brown reached out to me. But with Jimmy G and uh, George Kittle and, you know, uh, a good running game, uh, you know, we got other receivers uh, in uh, San Francisco, but, man, this guy, if he came to San Francisco, it would send the message to the fan base that we're trying to win right now. We're not trying to win two or three years down the road, uh, you know, with uh, Antonio being on the field. It seems like the 49ers are getting closer and closer to – I know they had higher expectations this year than what ended up happening, but yeah. anytime your starting quarterback goes down, that's tough. But they yeah. seem like they're pretty close. But, but the thing, too, with Nick uh, Mullins – you know, he, he made a, a legitimate, I mean, he made a name for himself. I was impressed. I, I mean, I was impressed, too. So, we you know, we got some some pieces. We got some uh, of the puzzle, and they're in place right now. But, you know, like I always say, Antonio Brown can take it to a whole different level. So you're here with Hennessy this yeah, week at the yeah. Super Bowl. Yeah, you know, uh, Hennessy has a variety of uh, cognac, and uh, cognac is a brandy, and uh, it's uh, made in uh, cognac, France. And for over 250 years, they have celebrated this with their customers, with the never stop, never settle uh, attitude. That was the same thing with me because I never stop and I never settle. Uh, so, you know, for the big game coming up, uh, for the Super Bowl, uh, Hennessy uh, XO, which is uh, – uh, extra old. I like to think of myself as being extra old, but you can go to <laughs> Hennessy.com slash US for all the details. But man, uh, it's a great uh, team. I, I think uh, whoever's going to win uh, the football game uh, this coming Sunday, I'm sure they're going to be toasting with uh, Hennessy. My mother in law just loves brandy, so yeah. to get her but pointed I, in that but, but, direction. But see, I, I, I didn't know there were so many cognacs. Yeah. And, and all of that. So, yeah, it, it's, it, it, but this has always been my drink, my go-to. And uh, I, I like to think of it like a little bit as being a manly drink. You know what I'm saying? You you know, you pour your Hennessy and stuff like that, and you just sit and just relax. Well, let me ask you one one question about this weekend and the game before yeah. you get out of here. I didn't know it was possible to break a Jerry Rice record. But Julie, so, Julian Edelman's coming for you. I know he hasn't done oh, it yet. Oh, oh, yeah. But the playoff receptions. Right, right, because I think uh, – Right now, you got Michael Irvin, then you got myself. So, yeah, yeah, you know, and I'm sure he's going to continue to play, and uh, he's the playmaker. He's getting it done. And tough guy, uh, got confidence in himself. He wants to ball. So it's going to be exciting. And, and if he should break my record, I'll be the first one to uh, congratulate him. Is it true that he grew up, like, right down the street from you? Yeah, you know, and uh, and and people don't realize that he was a quarterback, you know, for a long time yeah. at, at uh, uh, I think it was Kent, Kent State. And that, then he converted over to a uh, wide receiver and uh, just went on and, and just made a, a name for himself. You got a pick for Sunday? You know, the best team is going to win. <laughs> 
<laughs> Usually that happens. Yeah, the best is. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey, Fair enough. Thank you. All right, Jerry Rice, thanks so much for stopping right. by. It's thanks. An honor. I appreciate it. Right. Thank you. Well, that was a blast getting to talk to Jerry Rice earlier today. And, you know what's uh, cool about Jerry Rice? You yeah. Know, we talk about the best players in basketball. The you know the Michael Jordan, LeBron James debate will go on and on. And you know even with all the Super Bowl rings that Tom Brady has, I think there are some people who would argue who the best quarterback is. But when it comes to wide receiver, you really don't get any backlash when you're like Jerry Rice, greatest of all time. That's it. It just kind of yeah. you just drop the gauntlet. And that's it. It's uh, it's really incredible. And especially when you know he didn't play in today's era. Today is just it's a lot more receiver and passing friendly today than it was back in the eighties and nineties. Uh, yeah, he's just so dominant. I, you know, speaking of that, Joe, I, I'm we're on a big text thread with my buddies from college in our fantasy football league, and I, I forget why it came up, but um, you know, I I said some sent off a text this like a week ago, like Jerry Rice is the best receiver of all time, and he never. Oh, we were talking about MVPs. Jerry Rice never won the MVP award, and and I think someone was trying to argue that. You know, something against Drew Brees because he had never won the MVP. So I was like, well, what about, you know, that's just because it's the quarterback position. Jerry Rice never won an MVP. Is he not the greatest wide receiver of all time? Uh, and, and then someone tried to say that Randy Moss was the greatest wide receiver of all time, and, and maybe he's in the conversation. But, like, everyone else on the text chain was like, no, 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 no. Jerry is number one. Yeah. Uh, no question about it. So, all right, we'll keep things rolling here. We'll take a quick timeout, come back. Uh, Greg Jennings and Ricardo Lockett uh, sat down. It was, you know, this kind of happened organically. I was, I was scheduled to talk to Greg Jennings and, and just talk a little football about him because he's, he's uh, doing work with Fox now, and he had called the Bears game earlier this year. And, you know, I figured we could talk some Bears-Packers. Uh, but then Ricardo Lockett sat down. This ended up being a very interesting conversation. So we'll have that coming for you next. Uh, right now we'll take a break, though, from Atlanta. You're listening to Sports Central on WGN from Radio Row in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Adam Hogue and WGN Sports Central getting ready for the Super Bowl on WGNRadio.com. So you Bears fans out there uh, have an idea of Greg Jennings is because he was uh, you know, a very good Packers wide receiver caused the Bears uh, some trouble. Uh, and you may remember Ricardo Lockett, who... Played for the Bears very briefly. Uh, was was uh, with the team, I think, in a training camp as well. I was covering the team like for six months or something like that. Um, but uh, was you know had most of success, his success with Seattle. And you may remember that he was the guy that the pass was intended for in the Super Bowl when Russell Wilson was picked off at the goal line, and it looked like the Seahawks were going to win their second Super Bowl, uh, and instead the. Patriots ended up winning that game, and and Ricardo was supposed to be the guy catching uh, that ball, and uh, he's been pretty hard on himself over the last few years over this. So uh, this is a conversation that starts with Greg Jennings, and Ricardo Lockett comes in, and then those two guys end up, uh, it's like they didn't even need me. They just start talking football and start talking to me about that Super Bowl, uh, and it, and it, it turns into a really fun football conversation here. So here it is. We'll start with Greg Jennings and, and Ricardo Lockett. Uh, here on Sports Central. Welcoming in Greg Jennings here on Radio Row, former Packer. Yeah. Maybe a little Bears Packer talk here. Yeah. Got your Super Bowl ring on? Absolutely. I had, you just That's a nice ring. You guys have one. Uh, yeah, it was from before I was born. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 32. They won. They won Super Bowl 20 three months before I was born. Hey, so it's been a while. A little bit. It's been a while. But but you. Hey, yeah. you're you're an analyst now. You yes. called the Bears uh, Dolphins game this season, and 
they what, what, are, what are your thoughts? I mean, it's a pretty my, good team. They, really, pretty good team. They are a great team. I, I, they're one of the teams that when you look around and see who's in this game, they could have easily been in this uh, Super Bowl this week playing against probably the Patriots. But I, I like the Bears. I, You know what's interesting? I remember watching the Bears um, – the year before last, well, not this past year, but the year before, sure. and I, I watched them play the Packers um, with uh, Glennon at quarterback. Oh yeah, and oh, he had game he had all the he yeah. had all those turnovers, but they were they played well, and I knew then because they had the offensive line played well, they were able to run the ball, and then defensive line the trenches were solidified, and I'm like, I remember going on. The herd, as I'm with FS1, mm-hmm. and I remember talking to Colin. I'm like, Colin, the Bears, they're going to be good next year. Mark my words, the Bears will be good next year. Didn't know Mitchell Trubisky was going to be or take that jump, but again, it goes to show what a coach can do for a quarterback. Yeah, well, you touched on a few things there. One, that game you're referencing against the Packers. They wanted to sit Mitch all last year. Like they, they wanted to do the, the Patrick Mahomes thing. Yep. And, of course, they didn't have the, the right coaches in place at that point. But that game, to your point about what you're talking about, it, it was so obvious they needed to make a change at quarterback after that game. Because you're right, they were, as bad as Glennon was, they were hanging around. They were they had there. A chance. So, and, then, and then leading to what you then also said, the coach changes everything, yes. and Matt Nagy just instantly changed the culture, and obviously is a great fit with Mitchell. Yeah, when it's sitting down with Matt Nagy, and you've been around him, obviously, he just has this this confidence, and it's not an arrogance; it's this confidence. It, it, I wouldn't even say it's a belief. They call him Swaggy Nagy. The Swaggy player, Nagy. The players call him that. Swaggy Nagy. I like it, and you can sense it. You see it. That BU mantra, mm-hmm. he lives that. He, uh, and I think his team, anytime you have a coach, and this is why I believe the young coaches are making such huge impacts in this Sean McVay, Matt Nagy uh, intrigue of most guys are, are, are is really becoming a wave is because they know how to get guys to buy in. And it's it's not a matter of I've been there, but it's it's more you know what I'm gonna listen to you and I'm gonna put you in the best situations that you need to be in to help me to help us as a team, and that's what Mac Nagy has been able to do with the Chicago Bears. Yeah, it's been huge. Ricardo Lockett sitting down here too. For, yeah, you, you yo, played yo, for yo, the yo, Bears yo, for yo, a yo. little bit. Yeah, yeah, I was there, man. With some of the coldest days of my life. Yeah, the days, <laughs> I stayed down in Vernon Hills, man. It that's where super, I live. Yeah. It was super cold, man. But I enjoyed it. It's, it's why a first class. Why you got to have most, some of the most coldest days of my yeah, life? Because, because I'm a country guy, man. I'm from Georgia, man. We don't get wind chills like that. We You, you close your door at night, and up on the door, you hear, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like, well, we got practice at 630. We got weightlifting. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, but it, it was cool, man. I enjoyed it, man. First class program, man. Um, I played there with Alshon and uh, – uh, Brandon Marshall was there. They had, a, they, had, they had great guys that I learned a lot from. So at least you're near a big city. Greg, you got to tell me what it's like being in Green Bay. Now, I, I got a lot of the family. I have truth. family that live in Green Bay, so I know a little bit about the state of Wisconsin. I'm a Badger, actually. Um, but 
There's nothing there outside we're, of Lambeau Field. We're near Chicago. <laughs> it's a, see, we call Milwaukee a suburb of Chicago. I, know. I don't know if it stretches to Green Bay. Yeah, no, it does not stretch. It's nothing. It's absolutely nothing there. I mean, it's honestly, I enjoyed it because I come from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Yeah. Small, mm. 100,000, a little over 100,000 population. Mm-hmm. Very similar feel to Green Bay. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a family guy. Mm-hmm. I was already married, like, mm-hmm. had kids. Like, it was it was perfect for me. Right, right. But for guys. Like myself. Oh, my goodness. See I, see, I was a pup. I was a pup coming in like, okay, what is the NFL all about? So coming into that, it's like, oh, it's kind of like my neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is what they've been telling me about. Yeah. So this is why I've been running these hills. But but the gratification is the work. The gratification is Absolutely. is making it to the playoffs. The gratification is mean guys that you've seen play before you and say, hey man, I think you can do this. Or like, hey man, you belong here because you don't really know that you can do it until you actually do it. You can do it in college on the highest level. You can have the confidence and come in, but until that actually actual preseason game or that first season is over you it's not that bad not that bad Mm -hmm. well you guys had a little bit different um, starts to your career Mm -hmm. Greg second round pick Ricardo you went undrafted and it took you a little while to get traction I think it was your second stint with the Seahawks right after Mm -hmm. you were with the Bears when things kind of took off is that right yeah for sure Um, so my first year um, I came in undrafted Year after that, then I got I went to the 49ers. We went to the Super Bowl, and then um, I went to the Bears for maybe half of the year. Then Sidney Rice got hurt, and they brought me back because I, I I knew the playbook. So when they brought me back, then we played the Broncos in the Super Bowl, and then the year after that, then we uh, we went back to the Super Bowl, and then that was when we lost to uh, to the Patriots, unfortunately, on on the right. one yard line. They were throwing me the ball, and uh, you know sometimes it happens. You know it took me a long time to get over that. Some some stuff you never really get over and uh that was something that man it broke me down as a person it broke me down and i I, it made me work it made me grind because i i never ever wanted to feel that way again i don't know if you know you you felt like dang like if i would have caught that i mean yourself personally dang if i would have caught that we would have won that game Mm -hmm. or if we would have got that first down then it would have changed our season and you go into the off season with that it it gives you a relentless uh drive and edge man you don't want to play you don't want to talk and it's just grind. It's interesting you brought that up because I've, I've thought about being in that situation mm-hmm. often. Mm-hmm. And, and and for any listener out there, mm-hmm. like the the situation that you were in, it looks like, well, why doesn't he come flat? Why doesn't he? Mm-hmm. It is such a bang, bang. Mm-hmm. You don't. Because you're, I'm not expecting him you're to not be there. expecting him to be there. Like it's as simple right, as that. Right. It, it sounds like what? Yeah. But you're not expecting mm-hmm. him to jump that. Yeah, because the guy in front of me, he's jamming that guy, which yes. is and, and, and they're stacked. There's he's so not supposed to be yeah. there. But what happened was they knew the formation, so we came out, we were stacked, and they were stacked because they're playing in out. They're going, you know, the, the so they basically year, knew what was coming. They knew well. They yeah, they knew it was coming. But typically, if it we do, push it, them back, it doesn't then, matter. Yeah, if I take my time right there. Yeah, he doesn't know. He's going to take the first guy, which is not going anywhere. So it takes away the end out. So the other guys back there, he's like, oh, 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 and then I bang and I shoot. But before before I shot there, as soon as they snapped the ball, he ran in, and the other guy jammed him. So I'm running. I'm like, bang, 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 bang. He's never there, and I could catch it, and I could stand there and I just scream. But I bang, stepped there, came, 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 watching for the ball, boom. I'm like, what the. 
and that's and that's what happened. And yeah. you know, you so, live. It was a good play. So you guys obviously playing the wide receiver position. That sounds like one of these classic situations, whether it happens in the Super Bowl or Week One. There's so many details that go into every play, mm-hmm. and oftentimes it's the quarterback who takes the blame. And we went through this this year with Mitchell Trubisky a few times, mm-hmm. where the Bears wide receiver coach Mike Furry came out and said, "No, no, 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 I'm I'm taking the bl- I'm putting the blame on my my wide receiver room yeah. because you know such and such was supposed to run 12 yards, he only ran 10, right. and that's why the the timing was off, and Mitchell got the the interception." Yeah, I feel sorry for my boy Alshon. Alshon, yeah. that that play, oh, yes. you know, ended ended Philly season. Yep, back to back Super Bowl possibly. So, you know, you, you live and you learn. That's the nature yeah. of the beast. You know, we know what we signed up for. You know, you, you you win some, you lose some. You could possibly get hurt. That's what it is. Yeah, um, Greg, what uh, how you enjoying the analyst business now? And you you're working for Fox? I do. I you know I enjoy it. I enjoy it. It's um, it's different because it's. I'm not we've never been in the business of opinions right like I, I really don't care about your opinion right give me show me facts give me facts and so a lot of the shows sometimes surround uh, or uh, revolve around what's your opinion right and it's like I, I don't in my opinion it do, doesn't no, matter it doesn't matter right. like that's what <laughs> typically that's what's going on in my head like right. my opinion doesn't matter so it's like I gotta make sure I believe what I'm about to say. Yeah. So that I can make a point and make it real to me, um, but I, I enjoy it. It's it's one of those things where I'm a truth teller. So sometimes it gets me in trouble. Sometimes, it, and, and from a media's perspective, everyone loves it. From a player perspective, it's like, come on, G man, what you? I'm, right. I'm a truth teller. I, even in in my playing days, <laughs> film room. I've always been a truth teller. Right. If we in that, if we in that film room, and the coach is like, we in practice, and you drop a ball or something happens, the moment he asks you, Ricardo, what happened? It's my fault. The, I should have called the ball. I could have made a better angle. That's all. I, that's all I want to hear. It's not, I don't want to hear nothing else yeah. <laughs> before before you go into anything else. Let me hear. It's my fault. Right. How'd that let work me, with Aaron? Uh, it worked well when it was my fault. (laughs) (laughs) But when it was his fault, it's like, what are you, do you got a muzzle on your mouth, man? What's up, man? I need you to say something right Right, now. Right, right, (laughs) right. Quarterbacks do that. When they they, they say fault, they'll wait, not say anything. The play is rolling. You waiting for them. Like, are you going to say what we talked about? Like, we we didn't already talked about this. (laughs) What you waiting for? Then the coach automatically... Greg, you need to know, uh, and then you get that look back, like, "What's up, man? You gonna you gonna yeah, say help me out? Yeah, help me, like Kevin Hart, help he- me, help me." <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Greg, you're doing a great job. It's it's been uh, it, it's been fun having you here. Appreciate it, Ricardo. Thanks for really stopping quick, by too. Really quick, yeah. really quick. So, did you? I called the Bears game, and I got a lot of feedback. Yes. I got a lot of slack on the Bears fans when I called the Bears Miami game, Dolphins game, and it was like you were rooting for Miami, and I'm like, how? That was just because right. you played for the Packers. I, you know, no. I, I, wanted, I, I actually say, did. Hey, I didn't go on that trip, so I watched it from home. I thought you did a great job. I appreciate that. Seriously, thank you. Yeah, no, that's a great was, thing to say. There, there was. <laughs> I think he was going for Miami. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, that's how it works. That's how it works. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, all right. Greg's got to go, but I, I have a couple more questions. Uh, thanks, Greg. I got a couple more questions for you, Ricardo. Uh, what, are you, what are you up to these days? Uh, man, I've, I've been blessed and honored to work with the football, um, Harvard fo- the Harvard football study. Uh, and amazing is an amazing group is of a collective group of people that are working to help change football, um, hopefully forever. Uh, right now, we're collecting data from um, the former players. The more players we get, the, the, the more information that we that we can use the more symptoms that we get the better the diagnosis uh yeah doctors you got uh different uh former players you got people from all different uh spectrums of uh professionalism that are willing to work together with ourselves and the nfl to make it safer uh to to stop guys uh you know from having to deal with stuff that i dealt with and ryan shazier has to deal with like right now uh todd girl is going to a game nobody knows what his what his uh what his what his injury is other than the Rams. Yeah. So the only people that can kind of, uh, you know, treat it is the Rams. So even he might not know because the, the doctor that gave him his diagnosis works for the team. So it could be a torn this, could be a torn that. Hey, don't tell him this because it might affect his play. Let's give him some Toradol. Let's give him some painkillers. And then after that, you know, once he plays, it could, it could get worse. But our ultimate goal is to beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. So what's more important, uh, his injury, his, his health, or is it uh, for the franchise to uh, have a, a staple in, in uh in the future, I mean, not in the future. Staple now, as far as Super Bowl champions, right? It, it's it's the do you go all in on winning this one game, or right. do you protect your right. franchise player for for the long term? You go now, you go now, and that's what. Yeah. If you think of a business, that's what it is. But if you think about it, as far as like it's just a game, you know, we're playing in the backyard and blah blah blah, and we could play, you know, for years and years to come. And this is a great guy. And if this was my son, I wouldn't do this to him. If this was my son, I would make sure that he rests himself and you know he's prepared you know for a better a better life after football so it's, it's just it just depends on how you look at it and for us we look at it as a friend he's a friend he's a family member and we want to do everything we can to you know prevent guys from having to go through that and with more data we have I, I think we'll come closer to uh, that goal so for our, our listeners that don't know I mean you, you essentially had your career ended on a, on a on a neck injury correct yeah for sure uh, 2016 uh, I had a oh man an extreme uh, injury. Uh, I was playing the Cowboys and I, I had broke my neck on a, on a play. Uh, I was hit by a Cowboy player and I was down on the field and I, and I, I literally thought that I was going to die. And, uh, you know, I'm just looking up at the stadium, looking up at the screen and I can't hear anything. It's, it's quiet in there and I'm thinking, man, this could be it. And, you know, I just asked God for another chance to, you know, change my life and change others' lives. And uh, I, I was blessed for the opportunity to work with uh, the great group of uh, Harvard, Harvard football study and they're allowed me the opportunity to uh, uh, help guys or prevent guys from going through what I went through and I'm totally honored and happy to be here even talking with you today I appreciate it WGN radio (laughs) well I appreciate that you're here and and what you're doing is great Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm curious did when you healed from that injury Mm -hmm. I mean are you fully healed first of all could you have tried to play again or was it a decision that you know what, I just experienced this scary moment. I needed to be doing something else. Well, yeah, I, uh, the first surgery I could have. Um, I made a decision to take retirement, and uh, now that I've taken retirement, you know, I've, I've gone on to a new league, and the new league now is uh, helping the guys that are currently in the league. Yeah. And uh, my Super Bowl is ultimately uh, getting, to the, getting to the bottom of this problem, and uh, I know that we will, and uh, 
my health is, you know, everybody has health issues, you know. Nobody's as perfect as they were when they were one year, one year old. So, um, you know, I deal with everything I have to deal with on a daily basis and, and use that, that what I deal with to make sure that nobody else, I use it as fuel. Got it. Well, hey, you're a Super Bowl champion. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You played oh, yeah. in three, man. A lot three. of guys don't even get to play in one. A lot of guys don't go to the playoffs. That's, that's crazy to think so about. you're talking about the playoffs? Yeah. The playoffs? <laughs> yeah, man. So, I, I'm, I'm blessed, man. I'm a lucky guy, man. From a small town, from a small school, and been to more Super Bowls than guys that play D1 have been spoon-fed their whole life. Very cool, man. Ricardo Lockett, thanks for stopping by. No, thank you. All right, so this is a 100% true story. Sometimes the schedules here on Radio Row run together a little bit. Those were uh, Greg Jennings and Ricardo Lockett were scheduled as back-to-back interviews there. And Greg showed up a little bit late, so it ran into Ricardo's time. So he just ended up sitting down, picking up the mic, did that, ended up doing that together. They were outstanding together. I just assumed that they knew each other. I mean, if you listen to that, it sure sounds like they know each other. So I Greg gets up. I keep talking to Ricardo for a little bit. We get done with the interview, and he goes, who was that? And I was like, that's Greg Jennings. They, that's the first time they had ever met. I, I just assumed they, they knew each other because of the, how much they, just if you listen to that, it seems like they've been friends for years. So, uh, man, that speaks to some of the brotherhood in the NFL, I guess, he, that <laughs> Ricardo Lockett and Ricardo said it's the first time they'd ever met. And uh, anyway, a fun conversation with both of those guys and very interesting stuff on Ricardo Lockett talking about that, of course, that very infamous play with the Seattle Seahawks throwing the ball instead of running uh, at the end of, of the Super Bowl against the Patriots a few years ago and the Patriots winning. Um, and Ricardo obviously uh, putting a lot of blame on himself there. And, and a lot of times, you know, you, you don't think about the wide receiver's role in some of these plays, and it looks like it's on the quarterback or the play call. And um, you could certainly hear from Ricardo Lockett that he feels like if he had done something a little bit different there, uh, he would have had a, a second Super Bowl ring. On, on his uh, fingers as he was sitting here with his with uh, both his Seahawks Super Bowl ring and the 49ers NFC Championship that he that he was a part of. Uh, I think that was his rookie year. Anyway, we are rolling on here from Radio Row the last day, uh, and uh, and I'll be heading back to Chicago here. But um, um, you know, I like to bring you local flavor here as well. And Danny Vitale, uh, he's been a friend of WGN for a while. Uh, of course, played super back at Northwestern, and he's now a Packer. So uh, it, it, he's on the enemy sideline, and, and it's it's funny because there's a bunch of Packers. Uh, excuse me, there's a bunch of Northwestern Wildcats who are now on the Packers. It's a whole group of these guys. And Danny uh, over here at Radio Row today, and he, he's got a very interesting connection to Chris Chelios. Uh, if you've never heard this before, uh, it's a fun conversation. So here's Danny Vitale, former Northwestern superback, now Green Bay Packer fullback. It's always good to catch up with a an old friend from Northwestern, <laughs> yeah. Danny Vitale, sitting down. Yeah, thanks for having me on. But you play for the enemy now. I know. I know. It's a big change, especially when, when you grew up as a kid who uh, was told if you liked the Packers, you could sleep in the garage. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So give me an idea of that dynamic a little bit because, yeah. I mean, you're an NFL player now, so you're going to go work for 
yeah. any, any team that wants you, right? So the Packers, the Packers call, and you're and you're like, all right, well, that, you know, it's got to be different. But I'll tell you what, there's a big, there's a strong Northwestern connection going yeah, on right absolutely. now in Green Bay. Absolutely, yeah. So we got. Um, Obviously, I'm there. Uh, Dean Lowry's been there now for a couple years. Tyler Lancaster, who had a phenomenal breakout season last year as a rookie. Uh, Ibrahim's there, Ibrahim Campbell. And then uh, Mark Murphy, who used to be the AD at Northwestern. So, And then there was, of course, the rumors about them trying to get Pat Fitzgerald yeah. and everything. And I knew right away he wasn't going to accept an interview. <laughs> um, he's, he's in a great spot right now. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool, though. It's really, really cool. Yeah, what was your reaction when those rumors start to come out? Oh, I, I knew he wasn't going to. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's just he's in a phenomenal situation. Northwestern's doing great right now. You just built a multi-million dollar uh, facility there right on the lake. Um, kids are getting to that high school age and everything, and he's in his hometown at his alma mater. So I, I, I knew it wasn't going to happen. Yeah, but. I mean, I did too, but it's yeah. like... It, it, I don't blame him for trying, though. So. Oh, I mean, hey, <laughs> it, it's, uh, it's, it's not a bad thing to yeah. have that floating out there in December as you're preparing yeah. for a bowl game that, hey, you know, you know the Packers might be interested. Yeah. It's, a, it's a high compliment. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Especially, well, especially an organization like the Packers, you know. Of course, um, obviously, obviously always near the top this year wasn't our year but but uh, a, a very well well-known organization like that uh to have their interests is always always good what was it like playing with aaron Rodgers? unbelievable um i can i can honestly say and obviously i haven't been around super long uh in the league but i've never seen a guy at practice that can throw the ball how he does i mean so accurate all the time his release is so quick um and he's the guy's just a perfectionist in general, uh, so it's cool seeing that at practice. Like you're like, oh, I got, I got to be on my stuff now because he's going to make sure I'm on it. So it's, uh, it's really cool. He's a great leader, um, but like I said, just a total perfectionist. You played at Soldier Field. Uh, I, that was your senior year, right? Yeah. Against Illinois. Yeah. Uh-huh. Got the chance again this year to, yeah. to, to to play at Soldier Field. What was that experience like coming home? It was really cool. Um, I, you know, I got to play there actually uh, when I was with Cleveland, too. Oh, that's um, right. So I got to play on Christmas Eve, which was really cool. Um, you know, whole family came out, snowy game that year. And then this year, um, obviously playing for the Packers against the Bears was, was pretty crazy. Um, I'm pretty sure I had probably 20 people there and uh a mix of packers and bears clothes i couldn't convince everybody <laughs> to wear packers for me but that's gotta uh, be I tough i don't them. blame them oh yeah. yeah i don't i don't blame them i don't blame them but uh it's a little bit easier when you're playing for the buccaneers yeah, right yeah exactly but they're uh they're all danny fans for the day so that that's what matters <laughs> what, what was that like being on the opposing sideline because in chicago that was such a big game the yeah. packers have been beating up on the bears for years and 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 the, you know the, it kind of flipped this year yeah. And, and I know just being around the Bears players like I am throughout the season, how meaningful it was to be able to clinch the division against you guys. Yeah. So uh, just give me an idea what it was like on the other side. Yeah. I mean, obviously, it was it was pretty disappointing for us. Um, you know, we were in a tough situation, obviously, with uh, with Coach McCarthy being let go and everything. And um, you kind of try to find your identity again, and you try to, you know, get those big wins in those situations like that to kind of just finish off the year strong so when you drop those ones they they hurt twice as much right. uh, in my opinion but um you know it was it was a great game by them and i, I was happy for the bears you know I, I i obviously wish that they would have gone to the super bowl even even though i'm with the packers you know um you want to see your division play well um yeah. so that that would have been great but um definitely definitely a hard one to swallow when we lost that one what do you know about matt lafleur so far you know what? Not a ton, but I, I will say um, 
seeing that their uh, rushing offense, I, fin- I think, finished the year like second or something like that. And uh, I know Luke Stocker, who he used at, f- at fullback a lot in, in Tennessee. Um, that's always good to see, especially as a fullback. Um, so hopefully, hopefully we can get to the run in the ball like that again. Um, and then, you know, our OC coming from Jacksonville, they used a lot of 20, 21 personnel also. So um, that should be good for me. I'm excited. We're, uh, we're, we're talking to Danny Vitale. Is, is our Jerry Rice walk by yeah, right yeah, there? Exactly. I told you he's walk, <laughs> walking around. Um, played at Northwestern, now with the Packers. Uh, and give me an idea of what it's like being a fullback in in the NFL because some teams like carrying yeah. one, others don't, but you're not at a position where all 32 teams even have one of them, let alone most positions you're talking about. There's three, four, sometimes yeah. eight guys at a position. It, it's got to be a little weird. It's a very small group. Um, I always call it like the fullback fraternity. There's just, there's just, there really, there's probably 19 of us, maybe not even. Um, but, uh, I, I think right now the reason you're seeing a, a reemergence in certain places and some places just not using it is um, it's hard to kind of find the right mold now of the guy they're looking for. Like, um, I think the prime example of what you want to see in a fullback in today's NFL is Kyle Juszczyk. I mean, mm-hmm. obviously he's catching the ball a ton. He blocks great. Um, I mean, dang, they, they pretty much used 20 and 21 personnel the entire game um, with him in there. So um, if I feel like for myself, like that's the kind of role I can kind of move in to with, you know, I played, you know, everybody jokes about it, but super back in college. Right. So um, being able to catch the ball, still block, do pass protection when you need to, that's kind of the mold I think that I fit. And um, hopefully with, you know, Coach LaFleur coming in, uh, all our new coaches and, and everything like that, you know, they'll be able to see that. Um, that's the one good thing you get, I, you, I guess you get from a, a new coaching staff is you get a clean slate. Right. Um, right. So I, I'm definitely pretty excited to show them what I can do. And um, like I said, that's kind of the way I think the fullback route's going is guys who are athletic enough to catch the ball, handle athletic people and pass protection, but still go blow somebody up in the in the middle when you need them to. What do you think is the ceiling for Northwestern football? They got the facilities yeah. now. I know they at some point want to upgrade the stadium, yeah. and, and hopefully that happens, but... Did you get a chance to see the, the new place yet? I, I did, actually, pretty much right after it opened. Okay. I actually took my engagement photos, not on, not in the new facility, but, like, on the on the water right there um, in a couple of spots on campus. Um, unbelievable. I've, I mean, I've never seen anything like that in terms of, a, you know, athletic complex, especially that, that indoor field is, is insane. But, uh, yeah. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's just it's so different from what you guys were. Oh, oh yeah, were, absolutely. Were training in before. It's, it, I just look at it and I'm like, this has to be such an advantage now. Oh, for sure, especially in that rec- the recruiting game, right. you know, which has always been, I feel like, kind of the tough part for Northwestern, you know, because you need obviously the kids with the grades and everything as well. Uh, not that you don't in other schools, but but Northwestern is definitely a lot tougher. Um, so I feel like, you know, the first step was when I was, you know, a young kid when I was incoming freshman. You got the Under Armour deal. Um, Pat Fitzgerald signed his 10-year contract right. with, with Jim Phillips and everything, so you knew he was pretty much going to be there. Um, now you build this facility and stuff like that. Um, a stadium renovation, like you said, would be phenomenal. But, um, but you know the it's stigma, only trending up. You, I mean, know, you know the stigma kind of attached with Northwestern. Like, the, yeah. you know, they're not the biggest guys. They're yeah. not the strongest guys. They're not the fastest guys. So a lot of 
try hard, guys. <laughs> right. Can they ever compete with an Alabama if Northwestern yeah. ever got to the playoff? And I think right now it would be tough, but I guess what I'm asking, having yeah. been through the program, can they keep this trend going to where they can compete on that level eventually? I, I think so. I think, obviously, it's still down the road. Um, I think, like I said, this is where they're going to start. I think you're going to start seeing them land some bigger recruits. Um, in general, I think the academic side, you, you can't overlook that. Um, it matters there. Yeah, and I, and I think that the way kids are kind of thinking these days, too, I mean, everybody's starting to get great grades, and they know they have to have great grades to go to the school they want to go to and everything like that. So, and Fitz um, is truly looking for, for guys like oh, you yeah. who came in that, 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 that care about that side. Oh, yeah. I mean, you won't make it through if, if you don't. So, um, Which obviously definitely, I guess, hurts your recruiting a little bit, but um, the way I see it trending, I think, you know, five, ten years from now, I mean, you could be a legitimate contender. I think there's still some steps along the way that they need to take, but... Um, like I said, Pat's going to be there forever, so <laughs> you got you got the time. Yeah, he's not going anywhere, yeah. that's for sure. So you're living in Tampa in the offseason because your your fiancé is Kaylee Chelios, yep. who's Chris Chelios' daughter, yep. and uh, and you guys are engaged now. Congratulations. Yeah, yeah we got engaged uh, March 21st last year, so I was going to wait till the 4th of July uh, last year, but I figured she'd probably want a little, a little more than a year to, to get it all squared away, especially because we were going to be planning for a wedding in Chicago, you know, but down in Tampa most of the year, I was like, yeah, we need a little more time. So, yeah, um, yeah it's going great, though. We got most of the big stuff done. So uh, she's on the road all the time now with the hockey team, with the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, our listeners uh, might not know that she's she's uh, she started off as a reporter for the Lightning. Right now she's doing analyst work. Yeah, so she started out, she was uh, just their ho- like in-house hockey reporter. Okay. Um, obviously doing all their content you know on the PR side and everything like that and uh yeah now she's doing color commentary uh on the radio with Dave Mishkin who does the play-by-play for them so uh she's doing that when they're on the road and um I'm obviously probably biased but I think she does a phenomenal job I get a lot of people who reach out to me and tell me how well she's doing so uh it's it's really awesome it's It's, really cool it's cool to see media trend that way uh you know there's plenty of we we have a good amount of nfl reporters actually female nfl reporters but on the tv side and specifically with broadcasting jobs calling men's sports yeah you don't see a whole lot of that but uh i know sarah kustak really well who worked in chicago and now she's getting the opportunity to do analyst work for the nets in brooklyn and it's 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 just cool to see that trend continuing on well yeah it's great it's great for her too um especially because um you know in football it's tough you know because typically you know women aren't playing football growing up everything like that but she had the chance she obviously played hockey growing up um she played lacrosse in college but most people don't know probably that she was an all-american um in hockey in high school so she played obviously her dad played what 25 27 years yeah i'm thinking kaylee chelios knows a little bit about hockey so she she definitely (laughs) knows the sport um knows it probably about probably better than i know football which is embarrassing for me to say um considering i play in the nfl but but uh, she knows the sport very well and it's it's actually pretty mind-blowing to me listening to her like talk about the sport and all the little nuances because i'm a big hockey fan and i had no idea how much thought goes into that stuff so uh it's really really cool so last year we talked to you here on Radio Row, and, and I, I think you may, if I remember right, tip me off that the engagement was 
yeah. was on its way. Yeah. What did the conversation like? Uh, How did the conversation go with with Chris Chelios? Oh, it was cool. We actually uh, so we were in Utah um, at the time, staying at a, uh, one of their like family friends' places, and. Um, it's funny because she like she went upstairs for a second, and I knew I would like I was like, he's always all over the place, you know, flying around doing appearances and stuff. I was like, I don't know when I'm gonna see him again. I gotta ask him now, you yeah, know, before yeah. she comes down. <laughs> um, so I really quickly I was like, hey, like you know, I, I would be honored if I can get your blessing. You know, I, I love your daughter. I'd, I'd love to spend the rest of my life with her. Do I have your blessing? And he was he was excited. He was like like really like like really excited, you know. So uh, that was really cool. But the the sad part about that is um, Kaylee sort of heard us from upstairs. Like not not heard me say that, but she was like, "What are they talking about?" Like that. Like that why looks would, like a different why does, conversation. Why do they both look all excited when I came down? You know. That's so uh, yeah, that was cool. That's awesome. So uh, you guys must not see each other much during football season. Though. It's That's it's definitely be tough. tough. Yeah, it's definitely tough. Um, but we've been we've been doing it for a while now, um, to where we've got it figured out, you know, and everything. Like we kind of understand each other's schedules, especially like right now. Like I said, she travels a good bit with the team, so she's in and out of town every once in a while. But we we both kind of understand each other's schedules and how it works. But um, yeah, it's going great. We've been we've been living together for a while now, so um, we seem to be making it work. We uh, took the next step and got a dog now too, so uh, he's uh, he's going to be ten months here coming good, up. Good so. luck with that. Yeah, no, I know it's we, going great though. We did the same thing. Got, got the dog. Like I want to say four months before the wedding. Yeah, that was the next big test, yeah. you know. <laughs> and then once you have a kid, then you're like, oh, man, this dog, he's just sort of, she's sort of in the way more. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, but it's been great. Cool. It's been really fun. It's been really fun. Awesome, man. Well, it'll be interesting next year the Bears-Packers rivalry continues. Yeah. Um, I, know, I know you guys are, are hoping to turn, turn things around with a new head coach. And, yep. uh It's always fun seeing all you Northwestern guys up there. Absolutely. Having a lot of success. I tried to tell a lot of people that Tyler Lancaster is going to be able to play i i mean i i wish i could have like gone back to the draft and said like hey everybody trust me get this kid right now um he's a phenomenal player and and not taking anything away from anthony walker but anthony walker with the colts you better thank tyler for getting you drafted as high as he did as he did because he was in front of you your whole college career buddy that's that's right he's eating those blockers (laughs) oh yeah yeah oh yeah yeah awesome well uh thanks so much it's good seeing you Yeah, great to see you too, man. Thanks for having me on. Always fun catching up with Danny Vitale. He's a great kid, and uh, and and so happy for him to uh, you know head off in the married world. And you know, it's a cool connection with the Chelios family, and and Kaylee Chelios is doing a a great job down there in Tampa with the Lightning, even getting to do some. uh, analyst work that that's outstanding and she's also a medill alum so uh always good to have the northwestern connection here in radio row and we got one more interview for you i've referenced this a couple times over the last few days i talked to london fletcher uh a few days ago the former nfl linebacker who uh you know, had some really good things to say about Roquan Smith, I, and I've mentioned that a couple times uh, the last couple days. We didn't get a chance to run this live. I think it was Wednesday when I talked to London Fletcher, but wanted to make sure I brought it to you before the week was over. Uh, so we're going to close the week from Radio Row with London Fletcher. 
London Fletcher played 16 years in the NFL. He's doing some work with CBS Sports, and it's a busy week for you guys because CBS has the Super Bowl. I know you're you're working hard all week with CBS Sports Network. I am, man, working hard uh, all week long. This is a this is a big week for CBS Sports. I'm on uh, that other pregame show. We do a uh, show every night from 6 to 8 p.m. on uh, CBS Sports Network. It's called Tops, and then we're going to kick off. CBS's uh, Super Bowl coverage on 11:30 um, Sunday morning, so we'll be on uh, CBS's uh, on CBS starting at 11:30 on Super Bowl Sunday. It's, well, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an exciting time for us. Well, we'll be watching all day long. I, I love your connections to the Super Bowl. First of all, starting with the Rams. Of course, they were back in St. Louis at, at the time, but I, I just saw Kurt Warner upstairs. I know a lot of you guys <laughs> got to be reminiscing a little bit because that, that that Super Bowl win against the Titans was right here in Atlanta. It was. It was It was right here in Atlanta. Um, I haven't run into Kurt yet, but I've uh, been on set. Um, Trent Green works for CBS Sports. Um, Kevin Carter works for CBS Sports, so you know we got a uh, we got a few uh, CBS uh, former Rams that work for CBS Sports. Um, so uh, we've been on shows together, and we obviously talk about that that time winning the Super Bowl here in Atlanta. Um, I remember losing the Super Bowl to the Patriots and in, in New Orleans, but it's you know we got great memories of, of being uh, playing in the Super Bowl here in Atlanta. And that was early on in your career. So how did that? It ended up being the only Super Bowl you won, but how did that? How did you carry that experience through 16 years in the NFL? You know, it's uh, when we did it. It was a special time and special place with that group of uh, players and that team. Um, Coach Vermeil was uh, a great leader for us. The, the the guys that we had on that on that team, great group of guys. You know, no egos. Great great players, but uh, you know, egos were left at the door. And it just, um, it was something that I was trying to experience again in my career. And I'm not even talking about, yeah, I wanted to win the Super Bowl, but I wanted to have that type of closeness with the team. Yeah. And I never was able to get that the rest of my career. And then you had the experience of going up against the Patriots a, a couple of years later, and that started this whole thing. And here they still are all these years later. Of course, all of the faces have changed except for two of them, Bill Belichick and uh, and Tom Brady and Robert Kraft as well. Right. Um, but, but what do you remember seeing from Tom Brady and, and that Patriots team and that Super Bowl? Uh, and did you ever think it would last this long, though? No, um, I didn't. Um, you know, just going against the Patriots in that Super Bowl, Tom was young. He was, you know, only in his second year. And we had played the Patriots during the regular season that, se- uh, that year had beat them in New England. Um, you know, he was he was a good quarterback. He was, you know, you know, you should say, okay, you watch him. He has some potential. Wasn't an elite quarterback um, at that point in time. From that game, I remember us more defensively concerned with their their run game, stopping their running game. Um, they in their, you know, they had some 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 gadgets and some different things they did on defense that we had to be on top of. But you know, the screen game, stuff like that. But it wasn't like we went into that game saying. We have to stop Tom Brady. We have to hit him. We got to get to him. Like that's what that's like the game plan is now. But you know, um, to see what they're doing now and what his career has turned into, it's a. I mean, you can't help but be, um, you know, impressed with what he do. He's done or awed by it, really. So, what was the key to playing two hundred and fifty six? straight games <laughs> which is incredible you, you know, have the, you have this the, the the top linebacker starting streak with 215 straight starts it's um you know it was uh 
genetics first and foremost um, health being not having fluke injury where a guy comes and runs into my leg and, and you know blows my knee out stuff like that so um, and some toughness you need some you need a great deal of toughness to to suit up every single game over a six year 16 year career um, my work ethic and, and the amount of time and preparation I put into to my body and also to be able to start those games. That means you have to be producing. So, you know, I was productive. They're not going to just keep putting me on that field if I wasn't producing all those years. So, you know, um, but God's, God's genetics, the way I was built, that's the first and foremost, uh, you know, reason that, that helped me. But you talk about production. It, it, it was crazy when I looked this up and saw this. You were a Pro Bowl alternate 11 times, <laughs> but you didn't actually get to play in the game until 2010. I mean, how's yeah. that even possible? <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, it was some definitely some frustration to, uh, year in and year out to you know be an alternate. You're an alternate. Yeah, you know, I was just like, man, really? Yeah, I, I did. Uh, I was on the top ranked defense, and I was a top playmaker for that that team. And it just it was extremely frustrating. Um, you know, because you want you want to be recognized for your your performance. And I didn't play for the Pro Bowls, but I wanted to be acknowledged when I hey, you all are giving out these awards and, and these accolades. I deserve I deserve these. Well, we got a guy in Chicago named Akeem Hicks who who's sort of the same way. I mean, last year he was he certainly played at a pro he bowl played, level. He played, he played outstanding. And, and he was, you know, it irked him that he didn't get to go. And, and, and this it year have, it should have. And then this year he made it. And okay. you know, you, you it gives you an appreciation that hey, I know a lot of people, you know, rip the game, and it's obviously not all that competitive anymore. But it still means a lot to the players. It does mean a lot to the players. You want that? Um, you know, I wish the game was a little bit more competitive. What what happened this past? Well, yeah, that was that was embarrassing. Yeah. Um, and I, um, I played in a couple of Pro Bowls where it was. I felt the same. Like, this this is just not good. But for Keem, he was probably last year. He had guys who had bigger names than he did. And a lot of times, fans and, and even players around the league, unless they actually do their due diligence and look and see, man, this guy was one of the best defensive tackles in football. And the, the Bears' defense, even last year, they were, uh, you know, top-notch defense. And then this year, what he did, and um, I, I'm glad he got uh, he got recognized for his for his uh, his efforts. But Akeem Hicks. Um, I mean, uh, yeah, he is, he's a he's a problem, man, in that uh, in the middle of that defense. Well, as a fellow linebacker, did you get a chance to see Roquan Smith much this year? What did you think of, of of the Bears' talented rookie? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I actually had the um, the pleasure of uh, meeting uh, Roquan at the uh, at the combine this past year. I was um, brought in by the NFL Legends community to be a, a mentor to the linebacker group, so I spent a few days around uh, Roquan. I was I was extremely impressed with the young man. Um, I, I was a fan of his on the field, but just meeting him, talking to him, just he was a sponge, man. And and I actually told people, my buddy, man, my buddy uh, uh, Ryan Carter, who's a big-time football fan, a big-time Bears fan, I should say. We played together in college. Big-time Bears fan. He texts me every week about the Bears. I mean, <laughs> they, he, they'll beat anybody in his book. Um, I told Ryan, I said, Ryan, this guy reminds me of me. Like he wants to make every single tackle. I mentioned this on 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 tops our our show that I do uh, every Sunday. I said Roquan Smith 
is a he's a he's a young me, London Fletcher. Um, not the big guy, but he wants out. He wants to make every single tackle sideline to sideline. You know, plays with great great instincts. You can tell he's a student of the game. I I I, I know, I'm just gonna marvel and watch his play. You know, just what he turns into. He he has he has great potential. That's a pretty high compliment uh, coming from you. I want to ask you this: Is it is it different with the Rams? since they're not in St. Louis anymore. I mean, does it still feel like the Rams, this is like the same franchise, or does it feel different because now they're in L.A.? It feels different for me. I know there's um, some of my teammates that they still had a connection to to the Rams. And, and I will say this, you know, Stan Kroenke, who's the owner of the Rams, he was a mi- uh, minority owner of the uh, of the team back when we, uh, we won it in St. Louis. So there's the connection there. But, I, man, I just... The city of St. Louis, it was such – they were great to us, man. And that parade that we had or, or being in the Dome during those games, it just, I, man, I would love for this to have been the St. Louis Ram, Rams going against the New England Patriots. You know, that that would be that would be a great matchup. But, you know, it's still, it's still the Rams, but it, it does feel different, um, you know, for me. Um, I know some of my other teammates may, you know, they've gone to, to games out in L.A. and they've, you know, they've, you know, embraced the L.A. Rams. And I, and I, I'm a Sean McVay fan. I know him from, uh, from D.C. He was a, a coach there while I was there. Um, but man, I just, oh man, I, I, I I feel for the St. Louis, uh, St. Louis Rams. I mean, St. Louis fans. Yeah, it's kind of weird seeing all these teams move around all of a sudden and having two teams in LA again. I, I know you're here working uh, with United Airlines too in DirecTV. Yes, I am. So, you know, my friends at uh, United Airlines just announced today that every customer flying on United's 211 planes in their fleet will have access to Seatback DirecTV. And they can enjoy free live television. That's right. I said free live television on United's 211 planes with the Seatback Direct TVs. A lot of people fly during the um, during the um, Super Bowl, during the big game on Sunday. You're flying during that time. You won't miss a play during that game because you'll be able to watch it if you're on United Airlines uh, flights. And not, it's not just even during the, uh, during the big game. This will be every day. Uh, every single United Airlines customer will have access to uh, to the Seatback Direct TVs. All right. Well, first of all, if you're scheduling flights during the Super Bowl, you need to do a better job of scheduling. I, you know, but, sometimes that happens. Sometimes <laughs> that happens. It's out of your control. I will tell you, though, I do I do some work with Northwestern football, and we fly United during the season, and we had Direct TV this year on our flights home. It was the best. Isn't because it's best? college football yeah. Saturday. You want to watch games when you're coming back. And, Absolutely. And you, the primetime games are usually on when we were flying back, and you, it, was, it was awesome. Yeah, you watch I, any game. And when I played, you know, we, we – um, United is the charter uh, charter flight for um, for the Washington Redskins. We play, you know, you got a one o'clock game. You're flying back home, at, and you want to be able to watch that four o'clock game. And it's not even just football. It's a lot of times you're flying, and it's your favorite television show that's on during that time. Like now, you'll be able to watch it, and you'll be the best part about it. You'll be able to watch it for free. That's the best. That is <laughs> and, the best. And, and, you know, for more information, you can go to united.com. And I mean, this is great. This is great what United's doing with uh, the Seatback Direct TV. Awesome. 30,000 televisions. That's a lot. That's a lot. That's a lot. (laughs) Hey, thanks so much for stopping by, London. All right, no problem. All right, our thanks to London Fletcher for sitting down here on Sports Central. He was one of many, many, many great guests we had 
all week long here in Atlanta. Boy, I had a blast. I'm tired, but I had a blast. And I hope you guys uh, enjoyed everything we brought to you this week from Radio Row. And boy, it's a long list of of thank yous. But I'm going to get through this because they all deserve it. Ross Tucker, Andy Benoit, Ian O'Connor, Ryan Leaf, John Eisenberg, John Clayton, Lee Steinberg, Tim Jennings, London Fletcher, Will Gavin, our new friend from London, and I'm sure we're going to talk to again uh, as the Bears get ready to play in the UK this season, Prince of Mukamara. The list goes on and on. Evander Holyfield, Earl Bennett, Trey Burton, Brian Erlacher, Jimbo Covert, Danny Vitale, Charles Tillman, Greg Jennings, Ricardo Lockett, Jerry Rice, and Charles Tillman. I think I mentioned Tillman. How about Akeem Hicks? I don't think I mentioned Akeem Hicks. And Robbie Gold, who was awesome yesterday. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. It's a really long list, and it's been a fun week. And I also, also need to thank Joe Romano back in Chicago. Guy works so hard, does the morning show with Steve Cochran all week long, stuck around with us every single day, helped edit a lot of this stuff, all the podcasts that you've been hearing. Uh, and also Krista Flores and Brett Jackson, who helped engineer this week as well. If you missed anything, it's all online. WGNRadio.com. Find the podcast. Listen to it on iTunes. Listen to it on Google Play. Just search WGN Sports Central. It's been a lot of fun bringing you this content all week long. And if you missed any of it, it's all available. Listen to it at your convenience. A lot of this stuff we talked about isn't even necessarily about the game Sunday. Um, So you can listen to it next week. You can listen to it in two weeks. Most of it Bears-related. I've been amazed at how many Bears connections there have been down here this year, how many Bears players were down here this year. It's way different than last year. Of course, it helps when you're winning. Um, And, you know, everyone wants to talk about the Bears. People are excited about the Bears. You can just tell. Talking to guys like Jerry Rice. Talking to Greg Jennings today. A lot of people like the Bears' chances next year. And, hey, I'll be at Radio Row next year in Miami either way, mainly because it's in Miami. Gets, get a little bit better weather. But, hey, last time the Bears went to a Super Bowl, it happened to be in Miami. Maybe they'll be there next season. They'll certainly have a chance. Thanks again to everybody for listening. Find the podcast if you miss anything. And make sure you listen to Hogan John's podcast all year long. We'll have a new episode next week. I know a lot of these listeners listen to Hogan John's podcast as well. We'll have a new episode next week, I promise, after the Super Bowl. Get John Z back involved and have a lot of fun. Hope you enjoyed the content all week. Enjoy the game. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Hopefully it's a good one.